listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. Hello, it's 2016, and this is the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Yes, it is. We're so excited to be with you guys to kick off a brand new year on the podcast. And today, uh, on this edition, we're going to talk about how we can be better leaders in 2016. How can you be the best leader you can be this year, 2016? You know, Perry, a new year usually triggers a self-assessment. And Most, resolutions, yeah. And resolutions, that's right. Most of us take inventory uh, of how we're doing in every area of our life. And I think and think about how we can make this new year better than the last one. Improving in any area of our life usually requires tough decisions that lead to changes, and this is especially true when it comes to being a more effective leader. I know you, Perry, have made 2016 in some ways the year to help leaders grow. You've written a book called The Most Excellent Way to Lead, which releases on March the 1st, and you're hosting a conference on March the 3rd uh, this year by the same name to help leaders become focused and become better in 2016. So I thought on this inaugural edition inaugural I edition i don't know if i said that word right i think you did but i got I it out about it inaugural edition of 2016 let's just start out by trying to help leaders become better uh, in 2016 than they were in 2015. so with that first question why is it important to grow as a leader um the importance of growing in leadership is real real simple when you stop growing you start dying and um, that's that's just the facts. Healthy things grow, healthy things grow, and so the importance of of a leader wanting to grow is. I mean, I can't. I was I was sharing with somebody the other day. I'm I'm 44 years old right now, and I'll, I'm hungrier to grow as a leader than I've ever been in my life. I am more aware of what I don't know than than what I do know. And so I think that the leader that's going to, you know, speed of the leader, speed of the team. So if you have a leader that's willing and able to grow, you're going to have a team church organization that's, that's able to grow as well. Um, and so that I just think I, I just go back to the healthy things. Healthy things grow. That's why it's so important to grow as a leader. So good. Well, how have you uh, worked to grow as a leader? You know, there's a. There's some ways I've done it, and I'm continuing to, to modify this, but there's several ways that um, I grow as a leader. Number one, I listen, I listen to podcasts, and I listen to podcasts across the board. I think podcasts are the new commentaries. I think people that used to sit 50 and 75 and 100 years ago and read commentaries, and there's still a few of those out there, um, and I'm not saying don't read them. I'm just saying podcasting are the new commentaries. I listen to people that... Um, I would probably differ with theologically, um, but I want to see what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, I also listen to leadership podcasts like the Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast. The Entree Leadership Podcast put out by Dave Ramsey is solid gold. Um, they've always got some great things there. And a lot of times those podcasts will lead to other um, podcasts or other mm -hmm. articles they'll mention. Like, for example, uh, recently, um, well, I say recently in the past four or five months, I listened to a podcast that featured Donald Miller and, uh, lots of people know Donald Miller is the guy that wrote, uh, blue like jazz, um, or, you know, scary close or whatever. Yeah. But, um, he talked about his marketing system and the way he, um, brands things. 
And it was so fascinating to me that I went to his website, signed up for his uh, newsletter, and we actually brought him in as a consultant and, and spent a day and a half with him. And, I, and he was, listen, he was sharing stuff with me that I have never, ever thought about in my life. And um, it was just a powerful, powerful experience. Um, but I got to that through podcasts. So, of course, podcasts. Number two, I read a lot. I read a lot of books. Um, and I don't always read a lot of books. Um, I don't read a lot of theology books, which doesn't surprise most people. I do read some, and the ones I read are really good. But I'll read a lot of books by business leaders who usually built something from the ground up. Not theorists, but like people that literally built something from the ground level. Um, I'll read articles um, that are online that are written by reputable people. Once again, I don't pay a lot of attention to people that have theories. I pay attention to people that have done it. So I listen to podcasts. I read books. Um, and the third thing is I ask questions everywhere I go. So when I sit down at a table um, with a leader, the, the, I'm not wasting an opportunity. I'm going to ask questions. For example, Shane, you saw this recently. You and I had an opportunity to sit down and have a dinner with John Maxwell. And um, after we ordered, uh, you saw me. I went in. I, I asked him questions for questions. And I feel like we got a personal two-hour mentoring we session. Did. It was awesome. With John. But I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and tell John about my church. John doesn't need to know about my church. I need to know what John knows so I can get better. And the fourth thing that I'm doing is I'm starting to connect with people. I'm like, okay, um, for example, Don Miller was here um, you know, within the past week or so, and I was talking to him, and, I, and I, I began this conversation. Hey, who do you know that I need to know? And that's actually a question that John told us to wow. ask. And so he's connecting me to people that I don't know, and so I'm asking other people to connect me. I'm, 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 uh, and it's, it's people all over the world. It's people in church world. It's people in non-church world. But, man, I'm asking questions from people that are getting it done, and um, I'm doing that more than I ever have right now. That's really good. I hear you saying all those things, and I just hear time, intentionality, and resource. You're willing to do use time, intentionality, and resource to grow as a leader. It takes all of those things and probably more. I heard a guy say this recently, so this don't credit me with this. Um, you're, you're, you're becoming what you're practicing to become. Um, and so if, if you are sitting on the couch, not exercising, um, Netflix binging and eating Doritos, you're practicing to be an overweight slob. Mm. And that's who you're going to become. You don't have to try to become that. That's just who you are. It's who you're going to become. And so if you're, if you're practicing something, that's who you're becoming. And so if you want to be something great, you need to go ahead and practice every day for it right now. And I thought, man, that's so cool. I don't want to be I don't want to be the Doritos guy. Nothing against Doritos, personally, but I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's that I'm still learning in my, if I make it 60, 70 years, I'm still learning. That's great. You know, becoming a better leader, becoming a better anything, really, usually requires a change in the way we think about that before we uh, can become something different. And so I'm just curious for you over the last couple of years, how has your thinking about leadership changed? So one of the things I'm doing right now, and I'm super excited about it, I think we're going to release it in February, is I'm writing an ebook, And it's going to be free. And it's for, um, it's basically, I'm not sure what the title is, but if I could title it, this is a really long freaking title, and people tell you not to do this. But 
I would title it what I would say to me when I was under 30. Um, and it's leadership lessons I think people need to, to really learn before they're 30. So when they get into their 30s and 40s and 50s, they can soar. And I think um, the biggest change that's happened in my life, probably in the past five years, I had to learn this and I've had to learn it the hard way, is I've had to learn um, two main things. Number one, my mentality has had to switch from me to we. Me to we. Um, I have been the leader for years, and you saw me walk through this, that felt like I had to do it all. And there's some leaders listening right now in your church or in your business. You feel like you you have to do it all. And um, even Jesus built a team. And so if Jesus built teams, empowered teams, and then turned it over to teams, then that's, if we're going to lead like Jesus, then that's what we're called to do as leaders. So that mentality has happened. I've gone from me to we. The second thing that's happened is um, I have really stepped into the role of being the tough decision maker. Um, and that hasn't been easy because uh, as I look at my leadership, as I look at leadership just across, th- this can, this is true for politics, this is true for religion, this is true for business. Most leaders know what they need to do. It's just the courage to be willing. Like they'll do the 90% it takes to be average, but only about 10% of people will make the really, really hard gut-riching, keeping you awake at night decisions to be to be great. And so that's why, you know, when we're talking about in this podcast, I don't want you to help, I don't want to help be, you be the best because everybody goes, oh, I could never be the best. And I feel the same way. I could never be the best, but you can be the best you. You can be the best at what you've been called to do. And I think going from me to we and going from the the willingness to make tough decisions are two huge things that have to happen in the mind of a leader. So going from me to we or making those tough decisions, obviously you had to to think, all right, I need to make these changes. How about share with our listeners a couple of ways that you've put those things into practice? Um, like, like the changes I made or like the, yeah, just, just, okay. So, you know, you need to go from me to we, how, what's one thing that uh, you would say you've implemented or changed over the last couple of years that would reflect instead of you having to do it, you're allowing now a team to help you do it. I, um, I ask, I think the most powerful leadership question, um, available. Every leader has this in their repertoire and it's this, what do you think when people bring me a problem? For years, I was the guy with the S on my chest. You know, I was Superman. I had the answer to all the problems. Um, and I realized, I think, I think there's some people in the room that are smarter than me, and they have better ideas. And then I started realizing, wow, most of the people in, in the room are smarter than me and have better ideas. So I would ask, what do you think? Or, or and this is the other thing, this is the other thing, um, and it's going to be a major theme that I um, talk about this year, is a a leader's willingness to battle through personal insecurity is essential for them to succeed in leadership because um, a person that's dominated by personal insecurity will sit in a leadership room and if someone has a better idea than them even if they know the idea is better they'll work to sabotage that idea because they want the credit they want the attention they want the accolades and um, that happens in church world as much as it does in business world. So um, that's going to be one of the that's one of the main things that 
leaders really, really, really have to focus on is, you know what? I don't care who gets the attention as long as God gets the glory. And that's that's just the world that, especially in church world, that we got to live in. What? Um, so when, when you say, you ask the question, what do you think, and somebody has a response, probably rarely is going to be exactly what you would do. How do you determine whether or not to just say, hey, that sounds great and move on, or to follow up with, well, I think we might do, we might should do this or yeah. that. Craig Rochelle gave me this advice um, years ago, and it's been something I've tried to hold to. He said, very rarely is anybody going to do it 100% of the way you would do it. If they do it, it with, if they do it about 80%, let the other 20% go. And so, very, you know, you and I had this conversation recently. If we're getting to point A to B, I'm finally learning how to step into, um, hey, guys, we need to go from point A to B. That's the vision, and I'm not going to tell you how. And so because how I would go from point A to B is going to look a lot different from how you might get there or somebody else might get there. The important thing is, do we get there? Right. And if we get there, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's better leadership because I'm able to cast vision, but I'm not dictating how we get to that vision because the trap is a lot of times, like I would tell you, Shane, I want to go from A to B, and this is what we've got to do to get from A to B. And then you go implement my plan, and then you fail. And so then I go, well, Shane sucks as a leader. Well, no, you don't suck as a leader. You were more of a manager trying to execute what I told you to do. But if I say go from point A to point B, and I empower you to do it, then the, the results speak for themselves. So I think, I think leaders just have to get comfortable with that. Leaders have to get real comfortable with I'm going to let other people make some decisions. Might not be exactly how I would have done it, but as long as we get from point A to point B, I'm good with it. I know. And for you as a leader, what does that give you? That gives you margin, a leader's greatest friend, uh, the ability to work on things only you can work on. Let me ask you this. Why do you think most leaders hit a lid in their leadership? Well, it goes to what you just said. They get no margin. And guess what happens when you get no margin? You You get no time to dream. Because you're juggling, um, you're, you're juggling, you're, you're spinning plates. And a leader with no, no time to dream eventually will have um, no, no brand new ideas, no leadership thoughts, no new directions they want to pursue. They, turn, they really do turn into a manager. And I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not anti-management. I think we need management. I think management is great. But I think when a leader hits their lid in leadership, that's where, that's where they get stuck. And when they get stuck, their organization gets stuck too. And that's the biggest thing. I, um, I read a quote, and I think Albert Einstein said this, but I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm not sure this is the exact quote, but I believe, and, and if he didn't, um, somebody said it and it was really good, that imagination is more important than information. And I thought, man, that is so, so, so true. Um, I want to be the guy that's able to imagine things. And uh, I've, been, I've just been in a brand new season the past three months, and I feel like I've had more fresh, clear, innovative ideas in the past three months than I probably have in the past three years. Mm-hmm. But it's just because there's margin. And so if you're a leader, um, you got to create – margin's not going to happen. It's, you're never going to wake up one day and go, oh, God. I've got extra time on my hands and I don't know what to do. Um, you're going to have to create that space. And then when you get it, step into it. 
So good. What I've been learning recently about margin is margin is if you don't have margin, it means you have too much control. Ooh, yeah. And when you when you release control and you gain margin, this is what I've been finding is that God fills that margin up with something he's been waiting to give you. And so as a leader, what do you want more than what God's been waiting to give you? But he, as long as you're holding grip tight to, you know, what's in your hand and not releasing it, you're not going to get the margin to get what he's got for you. Well, here's, here's the other thing that a lot of leaders don't think about. And it, it almost seems like the opposite is true, but this is what I'm learning. And I'm learning this. There are smarter, wiser men that have said this, but I can say this with integrity now because I'm learning this. As you release control with the people you lead, you gain influence. Now I'm going to say that again because that was good. As you release control, you gain influence. If you have leaders working for you. Hey, Exodus 18 and Acts 6, tell yep. you that. If you release control, hey guys, this is what we're going to do. Let's get it done. Then you will, you won't, a lot of leaders are like, oh man, people um, will, you know, they'll form a coup and they'll out me. I, it, once again, going back to the insecurity thing. Right. Um, hey, you know what, man? They might they might form a queue and they might out you. And as long as you survive, then man, just go start something else. I mean, that's I mean, good gosh. But ninety nine percent of the time, that's not going to happen. If you release control, you'll gain influence. So good. Hey, let's go back to the book for a minute. Uh, you know, the concepts in the most excellent way to lead for I think for a lot of leaders will really change their view of what uh, effective leadership really looks like. Uh, what do you think uh, will be the most challenging thing about the concepts in, in your new book? So the most excellent way to lead, it kind of goes against the grain of a lot of leadership writing out there. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to posture myself as my book is right and everybody else is wrong. I'm just trying to position this book as is different. And here's why. Most of us want a formula tell me what to do. Tell me three things I can do to make my leadership more effective. Tell me five things I can do to grow my company. Tell me seven things I can do to make my staff more effective. And um, all those things are good and all those things are necessary. But uh, what I've learned over time is people initially will um, submit to a position, but they'll follow a person. And being a leader worth following, leading in the most excellent way, has has 99% to do with who you are as a person. And if, you, if you're a scumbag, um, eventually you'll have people that work for you only because they can't get a job somewhere else. They're not going to trust you. They're not going to believe you. So, so this book is, is about character in leadership, our personal character developing that character how to how to use character to to lead others not manipulate because a leader a great leader doesn't manipulate he or she leads um and we talk about that in the book a little bit um but i really did begin to just discover hey you know what people are going to follow me over the long term because of the person i am not the position i hold if you have to walk into a room and declare that you're the leader you're not people don't follow a position people follow a person and that's what that's what the most excellent way to lead is it's all about how can i develop these character traits in my life so i can actually be a person that someone else wants to follow um 
so that that I, that's why I'm excited about the book. Yeah, I love, I would say it this way. I love the book too, and I think it's not about a style of leadership; it's Mm-mm. about the character of leadership. Yep, and because this 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 book will work for introverts, extroverts on the disc test. It doesn't matter if you're like high I or high C or whatever. It it doesn't matter. No matter where you are, it do, it works for you if you're 20. It works for you if you're 50. It works for you if you're a man. It works for you if you're a woman. It works for you if you're a, a Fortune 500 CEO. It works for you if you're uh, if you have a part-time job and works for you if you're a full-time dad or a full-time mom. Yeah. It's this this works. This works. I mean, it goes into to the reality that leadership's not one size fits all. Yep. The character allows you to that you talk about in the book allows you to modify or adjust how you lead each individual in a way that helps helps them get to where they need to go. Yep. Um, let me ask, ask this uh, about the book too. Why do you think it's crucial if people are going to have leadership success? I mean, this is built out of the Bible. You're, you're teaching this. This is something you learn from the Bible. Why is it crucial for leaders to lead in the way you suggest uh, in the most excellent way? Because it's the best way to get long-term results. I think in our society, especially being in a, a social media-driven society, we look for short-term results. We look look for short-term impact. I mean, you see this in the stock market. You, you'll hear people say, "Double your money in three months. Double your money in six months." When, which any wise investor knows, if you want to make a lot of money in the stock market, you got to leave it there twenty to 30, 40 years. Um, and I think that what this book does is it teaches someone how to begin to build the character that over um, a lifetime, as these character traits are developed in us, it doesn't matter where you lead you're going to do a great job. You're going to do a great job because you're becoming, ultimately you're becoming more like Jesus. And so that that's never bad. He was an excellent leader. Um, and so that's, I, I, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest walk away from that's that. That's great. Uh, well, in addition to releasing the book on March 1st, you're also going to host a one day conference yep. uh, on March the 3rd, obviously to help uh, leaders dig into some of these concepts. Let me ask this, how would the conference help those who attend? I mean, what should people uh, who sign up to come uh, expect? Um, I I will be performing a rise my love in a pink tutu and it, it is going to be absolutely breathtaking. Um, I'm it's not just doing scary that. to think. Yeah, about. I know. Me in a pink tutu. Um, I I think this conference is going to be a conference where people are going to be exposed to different styles of leadership, but the one common denominator is um it, it's not like a way to lead. It's like these people are bought in to leading the most excellent way. And so let's run through the speakers. I've got, yeah. um, I'm, not, I'm writing these down. I'm so Dave Ramsey. Dave, so for, okay, so let's talk about that. Dave Ramsey is a great, great leader. I've been to his organization, and the one thing I know about Dave Ramsey's inner circle, because I've sat with him and listened to him, they don't follow Dave because he, um, he, he demands them to. They follow Dave because he's built something from the ground level and they believe i mean he's got people on his staff that that quit their jobs and moved to nashville to volunteer at ramsey solutions before they even got hired i'm like man that's legit right there that's legit hey, hey after spending some time up there i considered it for man, real it's, it's awesome uh, another guy that's gonna be there is uh stephen furtick love stephen furtick because he has done an excellent job of building something from scratch once again i knew stephen furtick when he was a college student 
at North Greenville and led the choir for the Baptist Student Union at North Greenville University. It was amazing. It, it, re- it really was. It really was. He's I'll take very, your word for no, it. No, he's really talented. He had a shaved um, head. He had a bald head, um, and he led the choir. And the very first night I met him, I was like, dude, this guy's got something special. Watched him and um, Holly move to Charlotte with nothing. Literally. Most people don't know this about Stephen, um, but the church that said they were going to financially support him um, backed out at the last minute, and he went anyway. Like he had, he he had nothing but a car and a pregnant wife. Can you imagine that? Yeah. And and went in there and and I listen. If I love Elevation Church, I love it. Um, I've I've sat on their board of directors ever since they've started. I've been a part of it. Um, it's one of my favorite places in the world, other than New Spring, to go and preach. And um, Stephen has built a great, great church there. And I think there's a lot. Anytime he shows up and talks, I get my notebook out. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. Uh, another person that's going to be with us is uh, Lisa Turkhurst. Lisa Turkhurst. Man, whenever I sit with Lisa Turkhurst, I'm in awe of just how brilliant she is. And uh, she way undersells herself. She, she would never say this, but she's a genius. Um, she's also married to a genius. Art, her husband, is brilliant. He's such a Art is such a great leader. We might should bring in Art too and let Art and Art do a session. He's a he's a Chick Fil A owner operator, and and I went and spent about an hour or two with him one day and just asked him questions. And this guy is a genius. Anyway, but Lisa, um, Proverbs thirty one Ministries. I've been to Proverbs thirty one Ministries and. Um, actually worked with her on a, a compel writing project that she has we, we've i've got her to do some consulting and lisa is an excellent example of leading leading the right way because when i go to proverbs 31 and i watch lisa walk through that office and i think there might have been two dudes there the rest were women of course proverbs 31 it's a women's ministry um i don't really know what the guys were doing there they might have been their interns um but Every woman, when she would walk in the room, they would stop what they were doing. They would come up. They would give her a hug. Lisa would talk to him about two or three minutes. Oh, tell me how your, tell me how your son's doing. You had to leave the other day. I mean, she knows her people. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to lead like this. Like she, she, I mean, she walks around that office and it's just great. And so I was like, I want you to come talk because one of the myths is, um, well, if you're a woman, you can't teach anybody. You can't teach men about leadership, and that's just wrong because that woman teaches me about leadership every time she gets easily one of the most impressive people I've ever met. Ever, ever. Next, uh, let's mention uh, our own Brad Cooper. Will be Brad Cooper is one of those people that a lot of people don't know about, but they should. Brad Cooper is our family ministries pastor. Um, we, I hired him in 2007. Was it 2006? Yeah, 2007. He was a construction science major, and God just had ministry on him. But Shane, let's, let's be honest. When we hired him, we had no idea. No idea, and he definitely, I would say, for all intents and purposes, built our student ministry from scratch. From scratch. And and the thing about Brad is uh, I could get at the conference and tell you um, how to lead and all this other stuff. Brad is actually a staff member who's been under my leadership for about eight years. So he can actually, I mean, his talk might be Perry's full of crap. I don't know. I, had, I didn't tell him what he could talk on. It might be Perry's full of crap and seven ways that Perry, I, I, I don't know. 
but I feel like he's got an ability and an authority to step in and talk about leadership um, from not the senior leader's perspective, mm-hmm. but like the second chair. And and um, and he is he has done an excellent. I'm so excited about him yeah. doing. He is a phenomenal communicator, but I get a lot mm-hmm. out of that. And then finally, if I hadn't forgot anybody, you're going to be interviewing Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Um, real funny. Uh, uh, Blog World's already uh, kind of fired up about that a little bit. Um, and people are like, well, why in the world would you bring Mark Driscoll into a leadership conference or a most excellent way to lead conference? Here's the thing. Number, number one, Mark Driscoll's a friend. And I say that publicly. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not ashamed of my friendship with Mark. Um, a lot of people are like, "Well, Mark messed up." Well, um, okay. If that's the standard for leadership, then we got to throw Peter and Paul out of the New Testament. Um, because you know what, Mark said some stuff he probably shouldn't have said on a website, and Mark probably made some decisions he shouldn't have done. Peter denied Christ denied Jesus, not just once, but three times in a span of probably about five minutes and got put in charge of the whole thing. And so Mark has not denied Christ. Mark has not, um, you know what Mark would say, he's made some mistakes, he's learned from them, and he's learning that the greatest way to lead is by really caring about people. And so instead of taking somebody like Mark, who has been wounded by people that used to call him awesome, um, instead of wounding him, why can't we be the church and why can't we take the people that have been hurt and wounded and bring them in and say, you know what, we're, we're not going to kick you while you're down. We're going to walk with you. We're going to encourage you. We still want to learn from you. I told Mark this um, uh, several months ago. I said, you still have so much value in the body of Christ. You still have so much value in the body of Christ and Jesus is not done with you yet. And so I want to bring him in talk to him because he's got a lot to teach us about what to do and what not to do and then um i want i want us to to believe in him and then finally if you're the kind of person that's gonna and we've talked about this before and email me and say i'm not going to come to the conference because mark driscoll's there hey don't email me just don't come we will be graced with your absence i'll be so excited about that because that means your seat will actually be bought with someone who has integrity and uh that 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 would be awesome yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, there's not going to be many seats to get, so we'll need all those. Yep, those are going to be limited. Uh, hey, let's just jump right to this. Uh, why do you think 2016 is going to be Perry Noble's best year as a leader? Because um, I'm going to get a sports car. And uh, I think that as I drive fast, um, you know what's really funny is um, I did borrow a friend's car this weekend that had 550 horsepower. And I really do have great ideas when that I'm driving That car fast. right now that you're driving has 550 horsepower. You would never guess it by looking no. at it. But you know what? Wow. It, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's me. For the people who don't it's know like it is, me. let I'm me just so say this. Station shredded. wagon. It's a station wagon. It's legitimately a station it's wagon. It's kind of like me. Because I wear these baggy clothes, but when I take my shirt off, I'm so ripped and shredded that people are in awe. Yeah, that was like, my first thought, too. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> don't ever think about me with my shirt off. Um, but... But uh, what was the question? Oh, why is this going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. Perry Noble's best year as a leader? Because I'm hungrier than I've ever been before. I've already got some trips scheduled next year where I'm going to spend a day with just world class leaders and people who are getting it done and going to ask them questions and going to try to learn as much from them as possible. 
Um, so I'm hungrier. I'm hungry, hungrier than in, t- in 2016 than I've ever been. I wrote a book about leadership, and as I wrote the book about leadership, um, I thought, what are there? 15 qualities? Is there? Are there 15 qualities in your new book? Yeah, the, I didn't write. Love it. is patient. Love is kind. Love is <laughs> yeah, but you helped read it. I mean, <laughs> I, did, you, I read it. But here's my whatever thing. it says in First Corinthians. Here's my 13. Th- yeah, First Corinthians 13. I, 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 as I wrote it, I went. I don't think I do any of these really well. Um, and so there's writing a book like that just shows you how much room for improvement you have in your own life. So and true. so I've got a lot of work to do in a lot of areas. I got to be uns- I got to be more unselfish. Um, I got to be more trusting. No record of wrong. No record of wrongs. Ooh, that's tough. You just got, well, yeah. It's interesting that you bring, Shane got promoted to executive pastor, so it's interesting that he would bring up no record yeah. of wrongs. I love that. Um, all right. Well, man, I, this has been a fun way to kick off 2016. Let me remind everybody out there uh, of a couple of things. Uh, you do not want to uh, miss uh, the opportunity to read Perry's new book, The Most Excellent Way. Uh, that releases on March uh, 1st. You can go to perrynoble.com or amazon.com to pre-order that book get in on that and then secondly you do not want to miss the conference it'll be hosted in anderson south carolina at new spring church uh, by perry with all the people we mentioned earlier and, let, on, me, and let me say this yeah about the conference if you're a leader don't come alone bring somebody bring a team bring a team of volunteers bring if you're a business leader and you're not a church leader and you're thinking this won't apply it will apply it will it will give you if you're a business leader i'll guarantee you you'll walk away that day with four or five innovative ideas to take your business to the next level another thing you'll walk away with if you don't bring your team is man i wish i'd have had this person and this person and this person here don't come here by yourself how many times has that happened to me and you over and over again you and I went to the Dave Ramsey Leadership Summit, and like the first night we're at dinner going, we got to bring so-and-so and so-and-so. Yep. And we were just in that meeting with Donald Miller recently, and we're like, I need I need 48 people well, in this room I think great right leaders now. want more people to hear what they're hearing so that helps you cast the vision for change. If it's just you hearing it, and it's great, and it changes you, everybody else that wasn't exposed to it just makes it harder to lead them through it. Well, let me tell you what it goes back to, though. It goes back to this thing we're going to talk about a lot in 2016 insecurity a lot of leaders and i've discovered this in being in ministry just 25 years now a lot of leaders won't take their staff with them because they want to come back with the idea from the conference and impress their staff rather than expose their staff Uh to multiple multiple ideas and some of my favorite times at leadership conferences in in the 15 years i've been leading new spring is not during the conference I mean, the teaching, whatever, it doesn't matter where we go. It's that night we, we all go out to dinner and we sit around a dinner table and we talk about what we learn and we wind up staying at dinner for two or three or four hours because it's in it's, the margins, because it's so exciting. So we, you need to do this for, for your team. Um, we've priced it so you can bring your team. It's going to be a fun event. Uh, me doing a rise of my love and a pink tutu is going to be i'm telling you man that's going to be that's going to be the thing that takes my leadership yeah. to the next level <laughs> yeah i'm sure in 2016 uh so again march the third perrynoble.com go to there to get all the uh, uh registration information you need for you and your team and then finally perry you may remember that we gave away 10 signed books 
uh, last uh, last podcast. Those, if you hadn't already been contacted, you're about to. I'm not going to read those ten names off, so you won't get the pleasure of hearing your name on this podcast. But you will get the pleasure of getting those books. Uh, and the final thing is, we're also doing a giveaway this month. Yes. Uh, PerryNoble.com/slash/giveaway. Go in there to register. But this is this is really cool. We do a lot of uh, leadership coaching, uh, uh, and uh, Perry, you do leadership coaching, and we're going to give away free leadership coaching to somebody who registers uh, to win uh, after listening to this month's podcast. One year of leadership coaching, right? One full year. One full year of leadership coaching um, online, and it's it's completely free. Completely free, and it's worth multiplied millions of dollars. Multiplied millions of dollars. Yes. For real. It really is. So with that, we're going to sign off. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to you becoming the best leader you can be in 2016, and we'll see you next time. We'll be right back.